Material on this program is intended for general information only and should not be taken as specific investment, tax, or legal advice. None of the information contained in this broadcast is intended by the host to be a solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security. Endorsed Local Provider is an endorsement of customer service only and does not reflect quality of investment decisions and is not connected to investment returns. Further information is available by contacting Richard Young Associates, a registered investment advisor, securities sold through Independent Financial Group, LLC, member of FINRA and SIPC. Welcome to Money MD, where the money doctors are in the house and giving out prescriptions for better financial health and making smart decisions with your money. We give common sense solutions to your complex problems. I'm Steve Marber, a certified financial planner and an investment advisor with 19 years' experience in providing financial planning and investment advice. And I'm John Travis. I'm a Dave Ramsey preferred local provider. also have an MBA in finance and have been helping corporations and individuals for over 20 years. We're excited to have you listen to us today on this uh, Saturday of the Masters. Yeah. Beautiful Saturday beautiful morning weather. here. and uh, Good field yeah. out there in contention. Once again, you know, I mean, yeah, I think anybody that made the cut, John, is in contention. But, you know, I, obviously the, the guys that, that I like are the guys that uh, have been winning this year. I sure. Mean, you know, you take Matt Kuchar, yep. you take some of those guys. Adam Scott, I mean, yep. They're guys that are, yeah, right there. And anybody, anybody is and, in contention. And for, the tournament doesn't really start until the last nine holes anyway, right? <laughs> well, that's that's what they say. I, but I would say it starts on Sunday. You know, I mean, anybody yeah. is within about five shots of the league come Sunday. I think they have a real good shot. I, I do have a prediction. Oh, what's that? Tiger Woods will not win. I, that's good, John. Pretty, I, pretty, you're on top of it, you I know. Am. So after two days, you finally noticed yes. that he's not here this year. Huh? He didn't make the cut. Yeah, well, no, he didn't make the cut. He didn't even make the. He, he's going to be out for a while. Yes, it sounds he is. like yeah. you know. I yeah. think yeah. I, I think, think he uh, needed obviously some downtime. I think it's a matter of time too. Adam Scott's going to pass him as number one in the world. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, he's number two, and it's just it's just simple math. Yeah. I mean, all he has to do is finish in like the top. You know, top top three, I think this week, but uh, but over a couple weeks, if he just makes the top ten a couple times, he's going to pass him. Sure, so, yeah, interesting stuff. But it should be an exciting day. Another beautiful beautiful day. Uh, we just had beautiful weather this week for the Masters, and um, you, you think Tiger's listening to us? Uh, yeah, he must be. I mean, he can stream us right down yes. there in Boca Raton or yeah. wherever he is. Go to our website, moneymd.net, and of hang out with us. That's exactly right. And he, that is the point here, by he, the way. He probably has a little bit of money that needs help managing, right? He probably does. And we got some good advice for him because we're going to talk about some great topics today. Let's just lead right into that, by the way. <laughs> um, we got the eight mistakes to avoid with your IRA. Yeah. Um, you know, and these are really common things that people think IRAs are very simple Actually, there there's some complication there. You need to pay attention to some things with IRAs and Roth IRAs. We're going to talk about those. And then we're also going to follow that up with, um, what, the boomers' biggest retirement regrets. Yeah, there's some folks that are in retirement now that are kind of saying, oops, I wish I would have done, you know, some more planning, some tax strategies, some things like that. And so we're going to kind of get into the, to the lessons learned from, from the boomers. I mean, you know, there's like, I think, you know, 10 million boomers that are going through, you know, almost annually. Uh, and uh, there's right. there's a lot of people that um, need to listen to this segment. It's a good one. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people are coming up on retirement, and you need to start paying attention to what it what it's going to – the things you don't want to repeat that mm-hmm. so many boomers have done that are in retirement. That's right. And then we have a, a, the last segment is um, investor sentiment uh, improves in quarter one. So we've seen stock market has been kind of uh, kind of wishy-washy a little bit. January was a tough, tough month. February came back pretty – 
pretty nice. Um, but, uh, you know, optimism and sentiment by investors certainly plays a part into how the market does. Um, just it does. The positive side and, you know, sometimes if you're negative, you're not going to spend as much. You're going to kind of pull back. and. Well, plus as cash flows into the market, we, we, we know positive cash flows into the stock market help returns and help drive prices higher. And, and people when people feel good, they start investing their money. Mm-hmm. You know, they take it off the sidelines and start putting it in the market. Yep. And, yeah, I mean, the, the sentiment seems to be headed upward. So that's a good good sign for the market. All right. Well, we're going to start off here, though, with the financial fact of the week. Yeah, this comes from the National Institute on Retirement Security. And um, unfortunately, um, you know, Money MD has been around for for several years uh, on the radio show. But a lot of people uh, need to listen to this. 38 out of 84 million American households, that's 45 percent uh, that are headed by working age people, uh, folks that are not retired, don't have any pre-tax retirement account, such as a 401K or an IRA. So, oh, well, why bother, John? I mean, you know. I, government's hey, going to pick it up. They will. I mean, Social Security will yeah, be there. And, uh, heck, I mean. No problem. You can just cut back on your expenses, you know, live on the live in your motor home and tour the country. Yeah, I tell you, it's it's tough. I mean, forty five percent have no retirement savings, and and um, I mean, we see that ec- epidemic out there. We we talk to a lot of folks, and we try to help them get on track. And and um, some of the su- suggestions that we do are are to get people to a good place in retirement. And you know what we hear is people say, "Oh, I'm just going to work on in retirement, just work part time." What they neglect to understand is that there's a point where you can't work anymore, right? Mm-hmm. Where your your body won't let you, or you just can't get a job because you're too old. People don't want to hire you, so. Yeah. That's not a good plan. You know, you need to have some savings. You need to have a 401K. You need to have some money put back um, because, you know, otherwise it's going to be wearing the blue apron for the rest of your life. Yeah, that's right. So you don't want to do that. All right, good financial fact of the week. Um, That leads up here to our first topic, and that is the eight mistakes to avoid with your IRA. This is an article out of Morningstar uh, here very recently. And, you know, John, I mean, funding an IRA, funding a Roth IRA, any kind of IRA, seems like one of the simplest financial tasks you can do. Yeah, and, you know, this, this there's a lot of great information out on the IRS website, irs.gov. It uh, is. Associated with this. So make sure you check that out as well. Yeah, uh, we're right. we go through some good, good tips here, but... Um, that's, that's true. Yeah, I mean, p- publication 590 out of the IRS uh, publication really gives all the details. 114 pages long. <laughs> yeah. Really? 114? It is. You, you read know, them all. Yeah, I counted them all. And you know <laughs> you know what? I mean, it, it, it IRAs seem like the simplest tool in the world, right? You just pick your investments. You just put your money in there and, and you know, pick your allocation. You're done, right? Well, it's not that simple. I mean, there is some complication to that. Mm-hmm. I mean, as evidenced by the fact it's 114 pages long, it talks about it, right? All the rules associated with IRAs. And, you know, there are two, two key types of IRAs. There are traditional IRAs and there's Roth IRAs. But then there are two subtypes to traditional IRAs. There's non-deductible and deductible IRAs. So, you know, not to mention all the rules regarding rollovers, conversions, recharacterizations. And, you know, then what about when you begin to take withdrawals in retirements? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's more strange rules there, too. I mean, you can run into problems with IRAs at times, other times as well. I mean, you 
You might know the obvious IRA mistakes, such as pulling your money out of an IRA before age 59 and a half and incurring some penalties. Um, but, but there are some other pitfalls that might be less familiar to you and equally harmful over time. Yeah, 114 pages. <laughs> Yeah, that's a lot. That, that just tells you there's a lot more to it than just yeah. sticking your money in there and getting a tax yeah. deduction. Yeah, that's very true. And so we got um, seven or eight rules here, um, mistakes to avoid with IRAs. And the first one, it sounds kind of obvious, but we see this all the time, and that is not taking full advantage of the tax benefits. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one of the key benefits to any IRA, whether it's a Roth or a traditional IRA, is the ability to be able to avoid taxes as your money grows over time. So, you know, you hold stocks and bonds in a taxable account, and you're likely to receive capital gain distributions um, that you have to report every year. So, you know, and it could be the full – you could you could pay tax on the full distributions, the full return of your investment each year. Mm-hmm. Well, holding money in an IRA, by contrast – um, you know, it won't, you won't pay any taxes on those. Um, as it grows, you, you pay money on a regular IRA when you take it out. Um, but you know, you won't pay any money prior to age 59 and a half as it grows and as it accumulates in there. And that's a huge tax advantage. Mm-hmm. And that gives you the golden opportunity to stash money away for high income, in high income producing securities, um, such as bonds and such as dividend paying stocks, and especially those that produce non-qualified dividends, such as REITs, um, within the IRA wrapper. Mm-hmm. And while you're saving that money, the more tax-efficient assets, um, you can save those in, in after-tax investments, you know, things like index funds. Um, so that's a big advantage, you know, just taking advantage of the tax deferral you get inside IRAs. Yeah, that's one one nice thing that Uncle Sam does for you is you can protect a little bit today. Now, they're going to get you in retirement. You're going to have to pay associated with that. But that's a good one. And, and number two here, mistake number two is is uh, being dogmatic about your asset uh, asset location. And, you know, yet even as it generally makes sense to place income-producing assets within, within this IRA that we're talking about, you may also have a good reason to do otherwise. There, um, the 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 key consideration is when do you expect to, uh, to need the money? And you know, if you're a young person, your IRA should be really, you know, heavy in, into stocks. Um, really not having a lot of bonds in there. But you know, if you're a 35 year old holding bonds to fund a remodeling project, um, you know, you probably want to hold that in a taxable account, not something that's inside the IRA where you face. Um, you know, no strictures um, to withdraw your money. That is the the after tax or brokerage account. So, you know, there's some different ways to to save money. Generally, if you're young, you know, you want to use the IRA to try to grow, which means having some equity investments. That's right. That's right. And if you're retired, the same thing, really. I mean, if you would, if you're likely to pull money out for living expenses, you want to do that in a taxable account. Um, you want to defer money as long as you can, so it just doesn't make sense to have all your money residing in IRA. So you want to have some liquid money that's in after-tax accounts. So you got to be pay attention to those kind of things. You know, finally, it's worth noting also that it's often desirable to tap your Roth assets toward the back end of retirement, mm-hmm. um, if at all, because you're not required to take a required minimum distribution from a Roth IRA right, right? now. Right now, right. That could <laughs> that may change. be page 115, right? Well, it can always change, right, when they change the rules. But, yeah, I mean, so you can stretch that out as long as possible. Leave that to your kids. There's no, no reason to take money out of a Roth IRA early. Mm-hmm. Um, so you just want to pay attention to those kind of rules. 
All right, well, that leads up to our break here. But if you have questions, you can email us at info at moneymd.net or you can give us a call at 706-739-0725. You're listening to Money MD with John and Steve. We'll be right back at these messages. Welcome back to Money MD, where the money doctors are in the house. I'm Steve Marbert, a certified financial planner. I'm here with John Travis, who is Dave Ramsey's endorsed third local provider. And we are continuing our discussion here before the break um, about the eight mistakes to avoid with your IRA. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and John, we talked about, I mean, IRAs, they seem very simple, right? I mean, you just put money in, you know, you... You don't take it out. Most people know until age 59 and a half mm-hmm. in retirement. But the problem is there's a lot more complication there than people realize. I mean, there's a 114-page <laughs> publication, 590, the IRS has that talks about all the rules regarding IRAs. Yep. And, uh, you know, there's traditional IRAs, there's Roths, and then there's deductible IRAs and non-deductible IRAs for, for the traditional. Um, there's all sorts of rules about what qualifies as as um, you know, early distributions with, you know, to avoid the penalty in a Roth or in a traditional IRA. In mm-hmm. a Roth, you don't really avoid the taxes. You just avoid the penalty if you take money out early. You know, so there's just a bunch of rules. And then there's all the money rules on the back end about, you know, RMDs mm-hmm. and when to take those and, and what you can do with those. Um, so we're going to talk about a few things here. Um, we talked about the number one uh mistake people make is they don't take full advantage of the tax benefits. Mm-hmm. And we sit down with people all the time that aren't contributing to a Roth IRA that are fully qualified to contribute. Right. And that is one of the most beautiful tools people have to plan for retirement. Yeah, Uncle Sam gives you a break. They give you a huge break. And you can take it out tax-free, and, and you don't even have to start taking it at age 59, and a, I mean, at age 70 and a half. So that's money you can defer over your entire lifetime totally tax-free. Yeah. The Roth is a great, great tool. It's a great tool. People have to take advantage of that, you know, and if you can't do that, well, you may be able to make, you know, a contribution to an IRA, you Mm -hmm. know, if you don't participate in a retirement plan. And even then you can participate, you can make money, uh, contribute to a regular IRA if you don't make over certain income levels. So there's lots of rules there. Not taking advantage is the number one mistake people make. And the other is not paying attention to what type of assets you put in IRAs. Mm Um, you know, I mean, if you have bonds, you, you can, you might want to put those inside the IRAs. If you have things that create a lot of income, a lot of taxable income that aren't very tax efficient, you can put those in IRAs if, for your after-tax money that you've invested for other purposes that you plan to use soon. You know, you can use more tax efficient tools, mm-hmm. you know, maybe municipal bonds. Um, they're tax free. So that was number two. Number three here on the list is not giving uh, do care to the IRA beneficiaries. Mm-hmm. This is a big one. This is really important. You know, the importance of beneficiary designations really can't be overstated. I mean, they, they actually trump all the other bequests you have in your estate. They, your will doesn't matter when it comes to IRA beneficiary designations um, because those designations will plan, will, will tell exactly where that money goes regardless of what your will says. So it's very, very important. Most people, especially young accumulators, I mean, they fill out the forms without giving it a second thought, you know. But naming an IRA beneficiary is a surprisingly complicated um, process in some of the ways. Um, As with any type of beneficiary designation, it's important to keep your IRA beneficiary designations up to date, Mm -hmm. you know, as your life situation changes with marriages, divorces, 
um, you know, parents passing away and so forth. And most people will name their spouses as their IRA beneficiary designation, obviously. Um, so when one account owner dies, their spouse can roll over their assets into their own IRA um, and, and, and use it as their own money. So it'll just, it just goes directly into their IRAs. Um, but meanwhile, naming your estate as a beneficiary in IRA is a big mistake. Um, if you do that, then you have to withdraw all that money within five years inside of an estate. So you don't want to do that. You want to avoid having your, your, your estate be the beneficiary. Make sure you have your spouse listed. You also want to list your kids as a contingent beneficiary, right, because that creates a stretch IRA. So right. if your spouse predeceases you, your kids can def- defer those taxes and take out just a small amount each year over their life expectancy. Mm-hmm. Versus over five years. Exactly. Right. So beneficiary designations is a really important part of, of IRAs. You want to make sure you pay attention to how they're listed. Yeah, that's a good one. Number four here on the list, mistake number four is triggering <clears throat> Excuse me, a tax bill. On a Roth IRA, IRA withdrawal. And, you know, Steve, one of the key benefits of funding a Roth IRA is the ability to take tax and penalty-free withdrawals in retirement. So the Roth is a great vehicle for accumulators who worry about tying up their assets for a long time as it's possible to withdraw these contributions really at any time for any reason and you have no taxes or penalty on them. Now, obviously, there's some complications. IRS.gov, like we talked about, lays all this stuff out. Uh, or you can obviously visit with a CPA. But, you know, if you start pulling money out of a Roth, um, you can have some issues if it's within five years. Right. right. <clears throat> so or that, be- and before age 59 and, and a half. That's right. So there's some, there are some, some times that, you know, pulling out a Roth is, is going to trigger some, some penalties or some, some uh, issues with that. So, you know, you got to leave the Roth alone and, and let it do its, do its thing over time. Make that the last place that you pull from. Yeah, I wouldn't pull from that until the very last thing. I'd pull it from a traditional IRA first um, just because it's tax-free. I mean, mm-hmm. how beautiful is that? You yeah. know, and you don't know what tax rates are going to be down the road, but I can tell you the trend to me would be higher. Yeah, <laughs> unfortunately. Know? Probably higher. I mean, we got $17 trillion in debt and growing. Um so leave the Roth alone would be my suggestion. All right, so that was a good one. That was, And then another mistake here is triggering a tax bill on a rollover. Um, you know, whenever you roll money over, it's one of those things that, that you, you think is very, very simple, and it should be simple as long as you do it from a custodian to a custodian. Um, do a direct rollover. But if you start doing a rollover indirectly, then you only have 60 days to complete that rollover, right? And, you know, if you don't do it within that 60-day window, if you have the money paid to you and it goes to your checking account and you have to write a separate check to the new custodian, you only have 60 days to do that. And if you if you don't follow through with that within 60 days, there's going to be a, a, a tax penalty, a big tax penalty, um, for not completing that rollover. So you have to make sure you get it rolled over within 60 days. If you're doing a rollover, just make sure it's a direct rollover that the check is made out to the new custodian. Then mm-hmm. the 60-day rule doesn't apply. Mm-hmm. So that's really the key there for, for that, that uh, to avoiding the tax trigger on the rollover. Yep. Make sure it's direct rollover. All right, the next one here on the list is letting your broker or your fund company call the shots on your RMDs. Um, you know, most investors know that age 79 and a half, 70 and a half, you have to, to start taking required minimum distributions from your IRAs and your 401ks. 
Um, and those IR, RMDs are taxable, but they have to pay attention. It's their responsibility to make sure they take the right amount out and they take enough out, mm-hmm. right? If you leave it up to your custodian, that may not happen. Um, your custodian is not ultimately responsible. They may keep track of it, but they may not do it right, and they don't know all the different pockets where you have money in retirement plans. So you need to take the responsibility, look at all your retirement plans, accumulate them together, and calculate the amount that you're supposed to take out. There's lots of resources on the website, on the, web, on the Internet, mm-hmm. where you can just you know Google RMD calculator, and you can plug in your age and the balances at the end of the year. And it will tell you how much needs to come out. So just pay attention to make sure, you know, that you can do that. And there's some opportunities there. I mean, you might be able to gift the charity that mm-hmm. expired this year, but they may reinstate that. Um, so just pay attention to your RMDs. Make sure you're taking the right amount. Yeah, and mistake number seven has to do with RMDs as well. Sometimes if you don't take the RMD on time, you're not only uh, on the hook for the taxes, but you'll also have a 50% penalty, Steve, on that amount um, that you should have taken. And, you know, with that said, there may be, you know, legitimate reasons that you missed it. Maybe you were ill or maybe uh, your parents are at the beginning stages of dementia. So you, you can actually fill out a, an IRS form 5329 and um, request a waiver of the 50% uh, tax on those misdistributions. And, you know, the IRS will go through and, and do some research. And, and if they feel like you've, uh, you know, this is a reasonable error and you're taking, you know, steps to remedy the shortfall, they may be able to, to waive the penalty. But it's a 50% penalty. I mean, yeah, you don't want to miss that RMD. I mean, if it's a $30,000 withdrawal, you, you know. You've got to make sure. That's a right. big number. Yeah, so you can appeal that as well. So that's a great, great point. And the last one here on the list is just spending your RMDs when you don't need to. Okay, I mean, you don't have to spend the money, right? So you can just move it to a taxable account. Mm-hmm. You don't even have to take possession of it. Just just open a taxable account, a, a joint account, move the money there, leave the money invested. Um, don't go spend it, you know, just because it's available, right. just because you have to take it out of your your, your uh now you can't your, avoid the tax uh, piece of it, but no, uh, what's left tax. over, you can put it over. Yeah, in a you can withhold account. and just take the net and put it over in a taxable account. So that's the last one here on the list. All right, that leads up to our break here. But if you have questions, you can email us at info at moneymd.net, or you can give us a call at Richard Young Associates at 706-739-0725. You're listening to Money MD with John and Steve. We'll be right back after these messages and GMA News. Stay with us. Welcome back to Money MD, where the money doctors are in the house here on a beautiful Saturday of the Masters. Um, gorgeous, gorgeous another, weather. Another great day, and I think it's going to be some great golf out there. You know, I mean, like we said, anybody that, that made the cut that's in the field today, they have a shot, right? If they play good golf, you know, I mean, they're they're easily can pick up, you know, seven or eight strokes on the field in a couple of days, and they can win this thing. Yeah. So we've seen that before. So it's going to be exciting to see what happens today. Great time of the year. It sure is. But, uh, yeah, I'm Steve Marvert, a certified financial planner, and I'm here with John Travis, who is a Dave Ramsey preferred local provider. And we're leading off our second segment here with the question of the week. Yeah, Steve, we talked about IRAs a minute ago and, and Roths and so forth. And I had this question um, Frequently, it's not not every person asks this, but a lot of times people say, "Should I use my Roth IRA as a source for funding college?" Because, like we talked about, after five years, you can pull out any withdrawals without any issues. Uh, you can't pull out the earnings; you'd have some penalties on that. But <clears throat> you can pull money out of a Roth 
and um, that you've contributed after five years. But, you know, the Roth is such a great benefit that you are wasting that opportunity you if you pull it out. It's hard so, to get that money in there. You can yeah. only put $5,500 a year in mm-hmm. there, 6500 if you're over 50 once you pull it out, you're done. Yeah. I mean, once you stop earning money, once you're retired, you can't put any more money in there. Yeah. You, so you it's need precious to, money. You need to separate the Roth. Once you put it into a Roth, you need to wall that off and, and view that as retirement. Exactly. You know, don't use it as an emergency fund. Don't use it as college. And um, late retirement. Yeah, exactly. Because you don't even have to take it out at age seven and a half. Yeah, there is no RMD on that. So it's a great... Way to save. Um, use college. You know, you can use ESAs, education savings accounts, 529s. There's a lot of different ways to save for college. And there's loans. Yes. What's wrong with having your kids take out a loan and be, well, take some responsibility? Well, this is true. We, we would rather see everything paid for, but the we retirement would. is ahead of college. Yeah, I agree. You know, Dave Ramsey, baby step number four is retirement. Baby step five is college. So, so the answer is no. Don't, don't do it. Don't do it. Just don't do it. All right. Good question of the week. And that leads us up here to our next topic, and that is um, boomers' biggest retirement regrets. Um, mm-hmm. Learning from our elders here, right? Um Folks that are already in retirement, and this is a great article out of thinkadvisor.com. And, you know, I mean, uh, older folks, they have a lot of stories to tell. They do. And there's a lot of people in retirement right now that have some regrets. We can learn from those, and I think this is these are some good good items here. Yeah, you know, Steve, the last of the, the baby boomer generation will be turning 50 this year, and, and it's time for them to get a fix on how they're going to um, yeah. to prepare for retirement. They're coming up on the last 10 years, man. They're in the home stretch. That's right. And you know, it's fortu- like the back nine in Augusta. That's exactly. That's when it starts. That's uh, when it well, starts on Sunday. You know, fortunately, there are valuable lessons, uh, financial and otherwise, to be learned from those who have already reached you know, the, the later years. And, and on the financial front, there is, of course, room for, for many regrets. <clears throat> Generally, the failure... Uh, to have a plan is number one, and that's that's uh, uh, from a gentleman named Pete Lang, who's with a, uh, a company in, in North Carolina. Um, you know, he says he finds people five years into retirement with no plan whatsoever, and you know, we, we see that a lot of times. People come into our office, and usually it's before retirement. Sometimes they're in retirement, but they generally have no idea what to do. That's like being at the Masters and not knowing the yardages. That's I mean, right. not having walked the course and figured out what it's going to take, you know, when you hit that drive on 18 and you have to fly up that hill and clear that trap in the front bunker. Absolutely. If you don't know the yardage, man, yeah. I mean, you're 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 going to be in trouble. Yeah, well, think about 13. You know, I mean, exactly. you got a second shot. You think you can make it, but that's really tricky. It's you know, all, it, you got yeah. you got Ray's Creek it's, in front of you. As long as you draw it around the corner there, you know, you, you'll, you'll have a mid-iron in. But, yeah, you, you laid out there to the right, bud. You're going to be like Phil yeah. the other, you know, a few years back, right, trying to slice a, slice something around <clears throat> the corner there, but which he did quite beautifully. Yes, he did. Yeah, I would be in that same spot, but I'd be on shot like four yeah, it or would maybe take, five. Take me a I wouldn't be there to get up there. So. Yeah, that was pretty impressive. But, uh, yeah, having a plan. I mean, Lang says that um, you know this this plan should should look at taxes it should look at income it should look at your investments um, otherwise you know, money can slip through your fingers so you know crunching the numbers and assessing all these wild cards um, of the retirement savings it has been a problem for people and he didn't really talk about the estate plan as much and that's certainly an important part of retirement but you don't have to have an estate plan to retire. Now, the estate plan is really to protect your your uh, beneficiaries, right? The people that you're leaving behind. But all these other plans we're talking about, you know, most people don't have them. Yeah, that's right. You know, and of the on taxes, he says the biggest regret is failure to use 
tax-favored or tax-forward plans, such as deferring Social Security. You know, I mean, if you don't take Social Security at age 56 or uh, 65 or 66, you can defer it, and that's going to minimize your taxes, right? You don't have to pay tax on it until you start taking it out. Right. Um, and also it goes up about 8% a year, mm-hmm. right? 7 to 8%. Yep. So you get some double benefits there. But other tax regrets include withdrawing money from tax-deferred IRAs too early, just like we just talked about, spending Roth IRA conversions, um, or doing Roth IRA conversions all at once instead of spreading it out over mm-hmm. a number of years. Um, there's a lot of tax strategies in retirement Delaying Social Security is one of those, as well as, um, you know, taking money out of your IRAs later. Sure. And, you know, a lot, a lot of people, he goes on to say here, and we hear this, that, you know, people think that government's going to go out of business. And, and he says that's not the case. You know, the checks will always continue. Um, you know, if the, if the government gets into trouble with inflation, then that may be another issue. But, you know, the checks are going to be there, and deferral is a great way to guarantee, get a guaranteed enhancement, enhancement stream. Now, what we see from a Social Security is there's going to be some changes. They're probably going to remove... Or, or, or uh, push back the time that when you can get Social Security. Right now it's at 62, you know, 67 is full retirement ages. Those will probably be pushed back. Inflation adjustments may be, you know, changed. But there's some planning that should go on with Social Security. It's, a, it's again, it's not one of those things people think it's easy. It's really not. There's a lot of complicated things associated with it. So <clears throat> also, Steve, another regret is, is really looking at inflation, you know, how do you hedge sure. inflation over time? And, you know, the inflation rate over the last 15 years has averaged, you know, 2 to 3% roughly. So when you look at um, trying to get your income in retirement, inflation can be a silent killer. I mean, we've talked about that before. Inflation can be huge. Yeah, I mean, inflation, you know, over time, it, 1% difference in inflation can make a huge difference in how much money you're going to need over time in retirement, right? Because over 20 or 30 years, I mean, just think about that. That's even 1% over 20 years is going to increase the amount that you're spending by 20%. Yeah. You know, and you compound it, and it's actually like 25%. So that's a huge factor in retirement. You've got to plan for inflation. Not planning for inflation is like headed to back nine over in Augusta, you know, and <laughs> yeah. not knowing whether you're going to use driver or not. You're you on know, this golf, golf team today. What's uh, up with that? I don't know why. I'm just kind of stuck on golf. Yeah. yeah I mean, you got to have a plan, man. You've got to think ahead for the contingencies. You know, you got to know if you're going to get in the right on number 10 at Augusta, you know, you you got to have a plan for how to get out of there, you know. And if you're Bubba Watson, you just hook it and it's not a problem. <laughs> yeah, it's because you're a lefty. What happens if you're a righty and you're on the right side? Well, that's when you got to hit the little low cut and just roll it up in front. No problem. Yeah, no problem. No, no problem at all. So, you know, from from his experience and what we see a lot of times is, you know, a lot of people, when they get into retirement age, they look back and say, why didn't I or, or why didn't I, you know, should have done something. So this is what we're trying to look at here. Planning is a big piece of, of um, what you should be looking at today. Yeah, I mean, the two bill- biggest killers really are the lack of savings and the lack of understanding how much it will be needed during retirement. Um, you know, if you look at it realistically, many see a rise in income as as they mature um, in their career. And when they see their salaries go up, instead of increasing the amount they're saving, you know, to the retirement plan, um, they just spend it. You know, I mean, people just don't pay attention and they just see they have excess cash and they just go out and they start, you know, eating at nicer restaurants, start taking more vacations, whatever the case may be. But 
they're not saving it, John. So you need every time your income goes up, particularly when you're in your 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 home stretch, you're mm-hmm. on the back nine here, headed into retirement. You, you need to start putting an extra one or two percent every year in retirement. Yeah, that's right. And you know, also going hand in hand with this problem is excessive borrowing. I mean, we see. Fifty percent of people going into retirement with with mortgages, and so trying to get that paid off. You know, I sat down with a couple this last week, and they were forty four years old. I'm like, and they're at a very high interest rate. Look at refinancing, get a fifteen year, and as you go into retirement, you'll have no debt. So that's a that's a real you know another big one here. Um, another one on the list here is um, you know retiring too early. I mean, we see people wanting to retire in their mid fifties, late fifties. This money's got to last for in some cases, 30 or 40 years. So you, you got to make sure that, that, you, that you're making the right decision, go through some planning to look at the income. Uh, to to see if that is gonna you know gonna gonna fit right yeah that's right I mean after working fifty years you know um, you got to make sure that you're prepared for the lack of activity too that's another thing that people uh, tend to to forget you know I mean they got to plan for what they're going to do when they do retire mm-hmm. right you don't want to be sitting home you know weaving baskets or something yeah. or you know chipping in your backyard you got to have a you know plan to Go play golf, plan to have hobbies, plan to um, play some more golf, you know, play some more golf, take another vacation. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't think it's going to be hard for me, John, but uh, yeah, for you got to you got to know what you want to do in retirement. Yeah, and, and finally here, Steve, is, um, you know, one of the, the things that people have regrets is not getting long-term care. I, I have parents that come to me, or, or excuse me, um, kids in their 50s and 60s, and their parents are in their 80s, and they don't have long-term care, and, and they're they're interested in it today because of what their parents have suffered through. So, you know, the, the statistics is is two-thirds of those over age 65 will incur some type of long-term care cost. So, yeah, again, you know, sit down with, with your advisor. We'll be more than happy to sit down with you and kind of look at your plan and your situation and help you make some, some wise decisions. Okay, good topic. That leads up to our break, though. If you have questions, you can email us at info at moneymd.net, or you can give us a call at Richard Young Associates and regular business hours at 706-739-0725. You're listening to Money MD with John and Steve. We'll be right back after these messages. Stay with us. Welcome back to Money MD, where the money doctors are in the house. I'm Steve Marbert, a certified financial planner, and I'm here with John Travis, who is a Dave Ramsey preferred local provider. And uh, we're continuing our discussion here um, before the break, uh, but we're actually going to do our prescription of the week here first. Yeah, this prescription is is on um, on 18, a hole number 18. You may want to hit a three wood versus a driver because you don't want to be you don't want to be in that bunker. Don't want to be in the bunker hitting up to the you know to the green. That's a tough shot. So. Think that about is, three wood. Yeah, that. three wood. That's a good prescription, John. I what like that. Yeah, what about for you, though? I think it probably needs to be driver plus two to even reach to the, <laughs> the doggone bunker. I think I'm probably going to hit like nine iron just to make sure it's in the drive, you know, in the fairway. Yeah, and, and after about on, 10 of those, you'd be up at the green. I'd be green. up there. Yeah. You'd be safe anyway. At least you'd be. be. You know, one of the good things about Augusta is that it is wide open. Yeah. Because I played down at Hilton Head this past weekend. And the courses there were incredibly tight. Mm-hmm. I was in trouble all sneaking day long. And I was sitting here thinking, you know, if I had just hit like five right off the tee, even though it took me, might take me three shots to yeah. get to the green. You'd make a better score. Yeah. I mean, you know, you avoid the double bogeys, avoid being in trouble. But Augusta, you don't have to worry about that. It's wide open. Guys can bust the driver. Mm-hmm. But where they better pay attention is when they get around the greens, right? Mm-hmm. You get out of position on those greens, you are dead. That's a great prescription. And so, yeah, <laughs> for the guys or the golfers that are out there listening Listen. this morning, Morning. They're going to play this morning. 
Yeah. He, we actually got that prescription from Tiger, right? He yeah, up. of course. He called in, didn't yeah, he? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was a good one. <laughs> no. So, no, this this prescription is is um, talking about money with your kids. And, and uh, Steve, in my household, um, if my, my, my parents are listening this morning, we didn't talk a lot about money. Um, and I, I picked it up from somewhere. So obviously we must've had some conversations as I got into high school and started working and so forth. But, you know, if you have young kids, it can be as simple as having three envelopes, you know, saving, you know, 15% in an envelope, giving 10% in an envelope and the rest 75% can be spent, um, or maybe saved up to buy something in the future. So, you know, there are ways that you can have very simple conversations and teach your kids That's very, right. very young what to do. I think it's critical. Let your kids make mistakes with money too. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, let them practice, if you will, with small amounts of money. And, you know, Abby, she's in college, and uh, she made a pretty good mistake this past week. Um, <laughs> she lost 80 bucks because she went on one of these illegitimate websites to try to buy something online, you know, for her and her friends for this wedding they were going to. And, um, you know, it wasn't a good website. Mm. <clears throat> and so uh, what she got was fake. It was just garbage. And then the website closed down, and she couldn't get her money back, oh, right? Because it was one of these, you know, roving websites and mm-hmm. selling just garbage. And so, you know, I mean, but that that lesson is going to force her now. Eighty bucks is pretty significant mm-hmm. to her. Yeah, it's going to force her to really pay attention to her money and make sure she's shopping at reputable places where she can return things and she knows what she's getting and reading reviews and all that kind of stuff. Then she lost another twenty eight bucks. She found out because when she opened her debit card account. At the credit union, mm-hmm. she um, evidently didn't pay attention, and she let one of the boxes. She checked one of the boxes, or didn't check one of the, you know, didn't uncheck one of the boxes. And she's been paying like four dollars and twenty cents a month for some kind of protection, or some kind of accidental death, dismemberment, whatever it is that yeah. comes with that. <laughs> she doesn't need. She didn't pay attention. Well, to Well, it. it's an inexpensive lesson at her age, and you have a chance to talk with her on it and correct her. Well, and we did. We just, you know, had that loving conversation. Yeah. Said, "Honey, this is just good, you know, cheap tuition, and you know, you can earn <laughs> that money back in just yep. about six hours." Yeah. And, yeah. Don't sweat it, and but I'm not bailing you out, honey. Yeah, Love you. That's right. That's <laughs> so, right. That tough love. <laughs> tough love. So, yeah, that's a good prescription. Yeah. All right. That leads us up to our last topic here, and that is investment sentiment, investor sentiment improves in the fourth quarter, um, according to John Hancock. And, uh, you know, that's good. And we see that out there, too, don't we? I mean, mm-hmm. our clients tend to, tend to be a little bit better sentiment now. Mm-hmm. I think part of it is just because it's spring. You know, everybody was pretty pretty foul mood during the winter. Yeah, here. tough tough weather. It was a tough weather, tough winter. and uh, But, <clears throat> you know, I think the economy is slowly picking up, too, right? Yeah, and, and we're obviously not trying to predict the markets or make, a, you know, a forecast or anything like this. This is just kind of looking at some, some data that, um, that John Hancock has has seen out there, and and you know, Steve, three quarters of the investors say that 2014 will be a good year. Um, the uh, John Hancock Investor Sentiment Index, uh, recently released, increased um, for the first quarter from the fourth quarter. So, you know, an upbeat financial outlook also remained stable. Half of the investors felt they were in a better financial position today versus two years ago, um, and 49% expected their position to improve in two years. I mean, I would think it'd be higher than half. I mean, the markets last year, the right. last two years have been up you know, pretty significantly. So, um, yeah, But, you know, it's upbeat. Yeah, that's right. I mean, like you said, nearly three-quarters of those surveyed um, thought they'd be a positive year for the average investor. 
Um, the, the John Hancock Investment Sentiment Survey that they do is a quarterly poll of investors. They do the measure of feelings about the current economic mm-hmm. climate and given the, the current conditions that are out there, um, you know, and their confidence in reaching key financial goals and their attitudes towards specific financial products and services. Um, but I think we're seeing the same thing. We're seeing people feeling a little more upbeat about where mm-hmm. the economy is headed and about, you know, less uncertainty that's out there. So they're they're starting to add some money to their accounts. Yeah. This um, uh, research was done, uh, over 1,000 investors, Steve, that they looked at, and a uh, household income of about $75,000. And, and um, you know, there's another gentleman out there. His name is um, Rubini. Um, and uh, he's um, famously disposed to seeing the downside in economic news. But he thinks the... The uh, the raging bull market um, still has room to, to run. Um, now we saw, you know, recently that uh, you know predictions by people are they're half, they're right about half the time. So right. don't don't take any yeah. any advice that you see in the news necessarily yeah. as, as what to, to follow to just, buy and sell. Just a grain of salt. I That's mean, right. to me, it's entertainment. You know, it's interesting to see these stats, but we really don't know what the future holds. Sure. Right, in the stock market, anything can happen. And it can turn on a dime. Um, but according to this survey, 61% of investors said it was a good or very good time to be invested in stocks. And 56% said the same thing about stock mutual funds. Bonds and cash continue to be very unpopular vehicles, 36 and 61% respectively, saying it was a bad time or a very bad time to invest in bonds um, and cash, and of course, I agree. I mean, that's they're they're yielding nothing, and if interest rates go up, bonds get hurt. So yeah. the, the problem with that is, is a lot of people are looking for yield, and you know, not all yield is created equal. And there's risk sometimes when you go out there and look at different products. So make sure you look at the prospectus on those. But you know, investors regarded uh, retirement investment vehicles positively. Four out of five said now was a, a good time to be putting money into the 401k plan and IRAs. And half of investors felt the same about 529 college savings plans. And uh, optimism held steady for the, the target risk or lifestyle funds and, and target date funds as well. So, you know, I mean, most most people are pretty upbeat and, you know, look at what the markets have done the last two years, and that's probably why. That's right. And other findings they had here, investors believed it was a good time to do the following things. Purchase a home, 73%. Um, spend money on big-ticket items, 44%. Uh, sell a home, 42%, and spend money on travels or vacations or more golf. Did they survey you on that? Uh, they say it's 41% here. I think it was more like 95 98%, because yeah. <laughs> it's always a great time to take a vacation and play golf. But I think the, the positive thing here is that um, you know people are spending money, which as long as they have emergency funds and plans and so forth, it's okay to spend. But you know, when, when people are upbeat about the, the economy and the markets, they typically spend more. And, you know, while the overall investor sentiment stayed positive, 21% of those surveyed uh, are still very concerned about inflation. And that was according to the uh, chief economist of Jan, John Hancock. Um, other top concerns are political gridlock in Washington, D.C., with 55% citing this as something they are they are worried about. Um, they're also the level of national debt, 45%. And half are very concerned about the cost of health care. So there's some concerns out there as well. Yeah, and as far as what they pick to do well, 27% of investors said blue chip stocks will perform the best in the next six months. 17% said small caps. 11% said emerging markets. Truth is, they don't have a clue. They have no idea. Nobody they, knows. Yeah, 56% said uh, technology sector would do better, followed by health care and, and energy. And, you know, Steve, we, we talked about at the start of this that um, – you know, past performance isn't predictive of the future. But what we see is, 
you know, a good way to invest is to plan, have emergency funds, be diversified, um, you know, use the IRAs and Roths and things like that. And, you know, if you do that for a number of years, decades, you know, historically it's turned out to be pretty a pretty good strategy. That's exactly right. But we can't predict this, can't we? Sunday is going to be an exciting day always. at the Masters. Yeah, what a beautiful weekend. It always happens in the back nine. So who yep. do you predict real quick here? It's not going to be Tiger Woods. <laughs> Well, you're very specific. I'm really going to call yourself, aren't you? I'm not going to do back to back. I'm going to say Jason Day. I'm going to give, give him a shot. You, you know, I'd give him a shot too. He's he's a he's a great golfer. But no, I mean that'd be two Aussies and you know two years in a row. That's not going to happen. I was going to say Adam Scott, but that's not going to happen. Yeah, that would be. I mean, it could happen. I, I think it's Matt Kuchar's time. Okay, I'm going to give Matt Kuchar the nod here, but it could be anybody. anybody Got to get going. Yeah, he, he, well, they they all do. They, yeah, you know? they have two days to. They have to make. two hard days, and it's going to be the greens are going to be playing tough. Yep. All right. Well, that's been this week's edition of Money MD with John and Steve. Tune in next Saturday from nine to ten a.m. to hear more prescriptions for your financial health. And do check us on our website, MoneyMD.net. Email us your questions. We'd love to hear from you at info at MoneyMD.net or give us a call at seven zero six seven three nine zero seven two five. Thanks for listening. Have a great weekend. Have a good one. Material on this program is intended for general information only and should not be taken as specific investment, tax, or legal advice. None of the information contained in this broadcast is intended by the host to be a solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security. Endorsed local provider is an endorsement of customer service only and does not reflect quality of investment decisions and is not connected to investment returns. Further information is available by contacting Richard Young Associates, a registered investment advisor, securities sold through Independent Financial Group, LLC, member of FINRA and SIPC.